You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're going to be learning in Chidusha Ben Ochaim Halevi, the first piece in Hilchos Gerushin. This is Perak Vav Halacha Tes. And Rab Chaim is dealing with a very important issue of what the purpose of Edim, when someone makes a Shliach to accept a get, what the purpose of Edim is in that case, and even more broadly in other cases of making a Shliach. The Rambam is dealing with a case where a girl got married and now she's accepting a divorce and she wants to make a shliach lekabala, which is the messenger to accept the get, different from the shliach leholacha who takes the get on the husband's behalf. This shliach accepts the get, and he's being made by a young woman who's not a gedola. She's a, a girl, a child. The Rambam writes, Uktana A young girl, a child, cannot make a shliach lekabala. Even though her chatzer, her property, would be kona the get, it would acquire the get like an adult woman, but she still cannot make a shliach. And the problem, the Rambam explains, is because you need Edim on this case that she made a shliach. You cannot testify regarding a child. Because they're not fully mature. They don't have the wisdom or the awareness in order to make decisions like an adult. So the Rambam focuses on the problem that a child cannot make a shliach Kabbalah because we would not be able to have the testimony. We could not have Edim on this. And a shliach Kabbalah requires Edim. Now, the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam's reasoning, not with the Halacha, but he questions why the Rambam had to give this reason that the testimony is invalid. And he says that in general, a child cannot make a shliach. Digmar has a limud from Atem Gamatem that the shliach has to be like the person making the shliach. So just like the person making it has to have full awareness and has to be an adult, they have to be b'nei da'as, they have to have that maturity. So the shliach needs to be the parallel and they also need to have the maturity and the da'as of an adult. So says the das. It's clear from the Gemara that the, both the shaliach, the messenger, and the shaliach, the person making the messenger, both of them need to be b'nei das, meaning they both need to be adults. So a child is incapable of making a shaliach at all. Both of them need to be have a maturity and be adults. So uh, says the Ravid, why do we have to bother with the fact that you can't have testimony in this case? Anyways, a child cannot make a shaliach. Now, Reb Chaim points out that in Hilchus Shluch and Shutfin and Perak Beis, the Rambam says the same thing. Anyone who does not have maturity and adult wisdom, and in that category is a cheresh, a deaf mute, a shota, someone who's a clinical fool, and a cotton, a child. So, they cannot be a messenger, and they cannot make a shliach, both a boy and a girl. So, you see that the Rambam himself accepts what the Ravid said, that a child cannot make a shliach, and 
and this appears all over the Gemara, so this is a very clear-cut halacha. So why does the Rambam in our halacha here have to bother adding this whole reason that you cannot have witnesses when a child makes a shliach? So in order to explain this Rambam, Rav Chaim points to Gemara and Yevamos Tav Kufiot Ches Amud Beis. The Gemara there has a question. Let's say a husband is divorcing his wife, but it's actually for her benefit. He's trying to protect her from having to do Yibum with his brother if he should die. So the Gemara says, do we say that uh, since it's good for her, most of the time she doesn't want to marry his brother? So even if she doesn't know about the get, he could still acquire the get to her. That's the general principle in halacha, that you can do good things for people even if they don't know about it. Or, says the Gemara, do we view it that sometimes she does like the Yavam? So to get divorced from her husband is actually bad because she's happy to marry the Yavam. So therefore, you cannot do bad things for people if they're unaware of it. And to the same question the Gemara says is what would happen if a couple is fighting, so there's a lot of tension and he's divorcing her. Again, do we say that that would be good for her or do we say that that's bad? So Reb Chaim points out that whatever the details of that Gemara are, it's clear that if it would be a good thing for this woman to get divorced, it's for her benefit, then the husband could give her the get even if she's unaware of it. Someone else could acquire it on her behalf. Like in every area of halacha, that if something is good, another person can acquire it for someone else. So the same thing would be true by get. The Gemara's only question in those cases is, is it good or is it bad? But uh, once it would be a clearly established good for her, then he could acquire the get for her even if she is not aware of it or is not around. Says Rav Chaim, what would be the halacha if this woman, the wife, is not a, an adult, but she's actually a girl, she's a child? Because the halacha is very clear in other places that you can acquire things for a katan even if they are not aware of it. So even though a child can't make a messenger, they can't make a shliach to get things for them, but when it comes to this halacha that zachin ladim shlobifanav, you can acquire good things for people even if they're not aware of it, someone else can acquire it on their behalf for them. So in that case, a child and an adult are the same. And Rab Chaim says that there's many Rishonim who even hold that this is Mida Oraisa. So another person could acquire it on behalf of a child and it belongs to the child, Mida Oraisa. So would we apply this also to a get and say that if this is a situation where it's good for her to get the get, even though she can't generally make a shaliach, but in that case, someone else could acquire it for her? Or no, the other option is we say that just like a shliach can't get a get on behalf of a child, so someone without her knowledge also can't. Says Rab Chaim that this would explain, if we go with the first possibility, that there is a case where someone could acquire a get on behalf of a girl, a child, that would explain why the Rambam added in this reason that you can't be made, you can't have testimony on a child's shliach. Because if it's only for the Ravid's reason that uh, this cotton can't make a shliach, both the uh, messenger and the person making the messenger have to be adults, das. So in a case where it's a schus for the girl, if it's a benefit for this girl to get her get, so in that situation, he could, someone else could accept it on her behalf. So that's why the Rambam added in that, no, you can never accept a get on behalf of a girl, a child, because you need witnesses, you need edus, even if it's good for her, it's a schus, but still there needs to be witnesses 
on the acceptance of the get that this person was her messenger to accept the get. And therefore, it's not going to work even in the case where it's a schus. So that's why the Rambam was not satisfied with the Ravid's reason, which is a simpler reason, and which the Rambam fundamentally agrees with. He accepts that halacha, that a child can't make a shliach. But the Rambam added in another reason in order to also include a case where it's a schus for the child to accept the get. And the, even in that case, the Rambam is trying to tell us that you cannot accept it on behalf of a child. And Rab Chaim adds that this explanation makes sense of the end of the Rambam, because at the end, the Rambam brings in the concept of a chatzar, that someone's property can get the get for them. So uh, the Rambam compares that the fact that a Tana's chatzar, a child's chatzar, would acquire it, just like an adult's chatzar, should indicate that a shliach would work. Says Rab Chaim, this uh, seems like apples and oranges, because the Gemara of Metzian Daf Yud says that a chatzar acquires a get because it's like the yad, it's like the hand of the woman, not that it's a shliach. So if so, what is the Rambam comparing the din of chatzar, which is like a yad, to the din of a shliach, when the halacha is that a katan or a tana cannot make a shliach? What does it have to do with chatzar? Says Rab Chaim that according to his reading, now we can make sense of this, because the Gemara there in Bavmetzian Daf Yud Aleph says that chatzar only works when the woman is standing next to it. But if she's not next to her property and the husband throws the get into her property, you can't do a negative acquiring for someone if they don't know about it. So she would have to know about it. Says Rab Chaim, what that means is that let's say it's a schus for her. It's one of the cases where it would be a benefit for her to get divorced, then her chatzar would acquire the get even if she wasn't standing next to the chatzar and she didn't know about it. So that explains what the Rambam is trying to tell us here. He's comparing the case of a child to the case of a chatzar to say that even though a chatzar works in a case where it's a benefit for the woman to get divorced and she doesn't need to know about it, so one would think that we could compare that to the case of a child who's not a bendas, she doesn't have the proper maturity and wisdom, but in a case where it's a benefit for her to be divorced, then maybe someone could accept the get on behalf of this ktana, this little girl. Says the Rambam, no, that's not going to work because there's a separate problem. You need edus on a shlichos. Anytime someone's a shliach to accept the get, there needs to be testimony. And no one can testify about this ktana having made a shliach. So therefore, a shliach is not going to work. Chatzer works because you don't need edus. So that's why that will work over there. That's what the Rambam is including when he brings in this whole chatzar issue to try to explain why chatzar is different than a regular shliach because a chatzar doesn't need edus, whereas a regular shliach, even if it's a benefit for the girl, requires edus, and therefore he cannot ever accept the get on behalf of a little girl. And Rab Chaim adds that the Ravid, who disagrees with this Rambam, why is he not concerned about this case where it's a benefit for the little girl? So he says that at the beginning of the Ravid's disagreement with the Rambam, the beginning of his comments, he says that he doesn't accept this whole notion that you cannot testify for on behalf of what a 
child did. So once he doesn't accept that, so then the only reason, according to the Raivid, why someone cannot be a shliach for a child is because of the regular halacha, that a child cannot make a shliach. But presumably in a case where it would be a benefit for the child, so then someone could accept the get on their behalf. Because the Raivid doesn't hold of this halacha that you cannot testify on behalf of a child. So at the end of the day, there would seem to be a machlokus between the Rambam and the Raivid, in this case, where it's a benefit for the child, could someone accept the get on their beha- on her behalf? Now, Reb Chaim moves on to a very fascinating machlokus, the Rambam and the Raivid. This is uh, with regard to Kiddushin. So the Rambam so far we've been looking at is about Gitin. And then now he goes to Rambam about Kiddushin in Hilchus Ishus Paragimel Halacha Tesavav. The Rambam writes, Kolosa Shliach Lekabalah Kiddushin, anyone who makes a Shliach Lekabalah for Kiddushin. So this would generally be the woman accepting. It could be a father on behalf of his daughter, but let's call it the woman making a shliach lekabalah. That has to be done in front of Aiden. There has to be witnesses. But if a man makes a messenger in order to be mekadesh a woman, so it's a shliach leholacha for kiddushin, then you don't need because the whole purpose of witnesses when a man makes a shliach for kiddushin or for gitin is they're only to prove that this actually happened. So if they both agree if the man and the shliach both agree that he made him a shliach, then we no longer need Adim. Adim are only in order to verify what happened. But if both the man and the shliach agree, there's no dispute, then we can skip the Adim. Says the Rambam, Kimo shliach haget. Just like when it comes to a get, a shliach leholacha for a get does not need edim if the husband and the shliach both agree that he was a shliach to give the get. Now the Ravid questions this and he says, You cannot derive from get that a shliach leholacha for kiddushin does not need Aden. Because when it comes to a get, says the Ravid, the fact that there's a get in this situation proves that there was some sort of shlichus, there's a tangible object. But when it comes to Kiddushim, if both the husband and the wife would agree that there was Kiddushim, but there would be no witnesses, it would be meaningless. So in the same way, if the shliach and the sholeach, if both the man and the shliach agree that he was made a shliach, still namilav klumhu would still not be anything. So the Rambam holds that the same way a get, a shliach Kabbalah must have edim, but a shliach leholacha does not need edim. So in the same way, when it comes to kiddushin, a shliach Kabbalah always needs edim, but a shliach leholacha does not, for the same reason, because if both the man and the shliach agree that he was made a Shliach, then we don't need anyone to verify it. The Ravid disagrees and he says, no, you can't compare them because when it comes to Kiddushin, you don't have a tangible object there verifying what happened. A get always remains and there's Edom on the get, but Kiddushin is just a, a coin or a ring or something. So if a man and a woman both admit that they did Kiddushin, it would not be anything. In the same way, says the Ravid, that if the man and the Shliach both agree that he was a Shliach, it would not be anything. You must have Edom on a Shliach Leholacha for Kiddushin. Now, Reb Chaim quotes a few Gemaras which seem to agree with the Ravid's view on this issue. One is in the Gemara in Gitin and Davchav Gimel. Uh, the Gemara says that even women who would not be believed, there's a certain group of women who are adverse. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal.
And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Is with this wife, and they are not believed to say Mesbala, that her husband had died and she's allowed to remarry, but those women are permitted to bring her get. So the Gemara says, Mabin get lamisa. What's the difference between bringing the get versus saying that her husband died? Shaksav mochiach. The answer is that the writing on the get proves what happened. So we see that the existence of the get is itself a form of proof that this person is a messenger the way the Ravid views it. Secondly, the Gemara in Gitin and Daf Samach Dalit has a case where Baal Omer Lepikadon Veshlish Omer Legerushin. A husband put his get in escrow with someone. Someone else is watching it for him. And the husband says that he was just storing it there, just guarding it. And the other person says that no, the husband gave it to him to be a shliach for the Gerushin. So there's machlokas between Rav Huna and Rav Chista, whether we believe the husband or we believe the shlish, the other, the person watching it. Now, there's a machlokas rishonim there. It, what type of shliach is this person claiming to be? Is he a shliach like Kabbalah to accept it for the woman? Or is he a shliach le'olacha to take it on behalf of the man to the woman? Now, we hold that, like Rav Chista, that, that we believe this supposed messenger, the person who's saying that he's a messenger. And the says Rav Chaim, putting this all together, that would mean that according to the Rishonim, that he's claiming to be a shliach laholacha, we believe him that he's a shliach laholacha, even against the husband's disputing him and saying that he is not a shliach at all. So why would we believe him? So again, this would be proof to the Ravid's viewpoint that since he's holding the get, the get is in his possession, so that already provides believability that he was made a shliach. And in that case, he's actually even believed against the husband who is disagreeing and saying that he didn't make him a shliach. The third proof comes from the concept of Befanei Nechta, Befanei Nechta. At the beginning of Gi'in, there's a Takonas Chachamim. The rabbi said that uh, a messenger who brings a get has to say it was written in front of me and it was signed in front of me. And the reason is the Yossi Balamar Lomash Kechinambe, that if the husband would come and try to disqualify this get, say that there's an issue here, then we no longer will listen to him because we have the messenger testifying that he saw that it was done properly. Says Rab Chaim, well, why can't the husband just come and say that I only gave it to you to watch? I gave it to you to an escrow, to a store, but I didn't give it to you in order to be a shliach. So in that case, what's B'fanai Nechta, B'fanai Nechta, going to help, even though, yes, we know it was done properly, but maybe the husband is going to come and say, I never gave it with the intention of being given. So there's no shlichus. So again, says Rab Chaim, this would be a proof that if someone is holding a get and they say, I was made a shliach of the husband, so then they're certainly going to be believed. The only thing the husband could try to claim is that the get was done improperly. So for that, B'fanai Nechta, B'fanai Nechta is going to help. But the husband is not able to say anymore that I did not make this person a shliach because they're holding a get, all of which provides support for the Ravid's view that holding a get 
is definitive proof in a way that Kiddushin does not have. So the question is, how can the Rambam compare Kiddushin to the case of Gitin like the Ravid asks? And Rab Chaim points out that you can't say that you must have Adim, you can't have any other type of proof, because that's not true. Even when it comes to the actual Gerushin and Kiddushin, you're able to have other proofs. Uh, for example, uh, the Rambam in Parak Aleph and Hilchus Gerushin writes that if you have Ede Chasima, you have witnesses who signed on the get, and you don't have Ede Mesira, nobody saw the get being given, that's okay, that's sufficient. You uh, can have just Ede Chasima. And uh, similarly, if you have a get which is in the husband's handwriting, that's also sufficient, even if there's no witnesses on the get being given over. So you see that we don't always need witnesses on the get being given, even other types of proof, like, for example, the get itself, which is a form of proof, that would be sufficient. So if it's good enough for the actual Gerushin divorce itself, so then it should certainly be good enough to prove that this person is a shliach. So the question on the Rambam is, how do we derive from a get, a shliach leholacha, by a gerushin who doesn't need witnesses that he was made a shliach, but there's a get over there. That's why it works. How can we derive from there to shliach leholacha by kiddushin that you don't need witnesses on making him a shliach? So in order to explain this Rambam, Reb Chaim says a major yesod in how to understand the need for witnesses on making a shliach. And he says that the Rambam holds that even though holding a get proves that the husband made him a shliach, but that's only proof. So if there's any question whether or not he was made a shliach, then the fact that he's holding the get proves that he was made a shliach. But it doesn't actually make him a shliach because he still needs to have that edus in order to make him a shliach. Meaning, there's two types of witnesses that we have. Some are just to prove what happened. Edus livrure. We uh, need some sort of proof in order to verify what happened. But then we have edus lekiyume, which means that intrinsic to the event, there has to be edim. For example, in order to get married, there must be edim, even if we could prove it another way. Both the husband and the wife agree, but there have to be edim who witnessed the kiddushin. So Reb Chaim is raising this issue now when it comes to creating a shliach. Do you need edus levrure, or do you need edus lekiyume? And the difference is going to be whether or not the get is a sufficient form of proof for what happened. If you only need to know that this person was made a shliach in order to verify what happened, then him holding a get is good enough. But if we need not just verification, but you also need witnesses in order to make him a shliach to begin with, so then just holding a get is not good enough. That might prove what happened after the fact, but it's not sufficient to make him into a shliach. So this is the question, says Rab Chaim, that we have to understand when it comes to creating a shliach, what type of testimony is needed. And Rab Chaim adds in, this is a very key point, but he says, why can't we compare this to the actual Gerushin itself, where, as we just said, you don't need witnesses to see the actual Gerushin, because the fact that the get was given over is sufficient in place of the Ede Mesira. So why don't we derive from there the same thing when it comes to the Shliach, that the get should be sufficient? Meaning, 
the ultimate case where you must have Eidos Levrure, there must be Eidim watching it, is Gerushin. And still the Ged is good enough in that case. So it should certainly be good enough in order to create a Shliach. So Rab Chaim says a key point, this is a very big Yisod when it comes to what a get is, and he says that a get actually is not about the fact that they're divorced, but the rather the Hasam Ashtar Gufe made al Zeshibaliad Haisha. The get itself testifies that it was given to the woman. Because the essence of the get is that the husband is giving this to her and thereby divorcing her. In other words, the get itself testifies that it was given over. A get is not just something which says that this couple's getting divorced and there needs to be a separate witnessing of the giving over, but the get itself is a document which says that he's going to be giving it to her, and if she's holding it, then that would be proof that he gave it. So says Rab Chaim, that's why the get is good enough to prove the Gerushin and to create the Gerushin, but it's not good enough to create a Shliach, because the get actually says that it was given over as a Gerushin. So therefore, if we don't have Edim watching it, that's okay. But when it comes to a Shliach, it says nothing about a Shliach, obviously. So if someone is just holding a get and then gives it to the woman, it says nothing about him having been made a Shliach. And that's why we need to ascertain, do we need witnesses to see that he's made a Shliach? Or do we just need to be able to verify it? And that we could do through his holding the get. Now in the parentheses, Rab Chaim offers a, an example to the idea that he's trying to promote with regard to how the get and the shliach interact. And that is, if you have a document which testifies that some financial transaction was done, but it was done in a non-Jewish court. So the Gemara says that we believe it because we know that the the non-Jewish courts don't want to lose their reputation, so they probably did it correctly. But if it's a shtar matana, if it's a gift that's being given through this document, in other words, it's not just verifying what happened, but it's trying to create the gift through this document, then that would not be believed even if it went through a non-Jewish court. So again, we see this difference between sometimes we believe something because it proves what happened. There's sufficient grounds to say that this is a good enough star that it can verify what financial transaction happened, even though it itself does not have the power to create that financial transaction. It cannot give a gift through this star itself. So in the same way, the get is good enough to prove that this person became a shliach, but it cannot make him a shliach, just the fact that he's holding it. So now, with all this information coming back to the Rambam, we can explain why the Rambam holds that a shliach leholacha for kiddushin works, and why he proves this from the case of get. The Rambam is saying that since when it comes to shliach leholacha for a get, the get is good enough proof that he's a shliach, that proves that all we need when we talk about a shliach leholacha for gerushin or kiddushin, that we need edim, but we need our edus levrure. We just need to be able to verify that he was made a shliach. But we don't need edus lekume. We don't need edim to be there at that moment in order to create a shlichus. And that's why it's sufficient that he's holding a get, 
because otherwise a, a get wouldn't be good enough, as we just explained, right? You would need an actual edus on it. The get says nothing about this person having been made a shliach. So says the Rambam, once we've proved from Gittin that the only reason you need the Aden that he was made a shliach is in order to verify what happened, then we can extend it to Kiddushin also. And in a case of Kiddushin where we don't need verification because both the husband and the shliach are both agreeing that he was made a shliach in order to go be Mekadesh her, so then that would be sufficient and we don't need Adim on the actual making of the shliach. So that explains the Rambam's position that we can learn out Kiddushin from Gerushin and the answer is the Ravid's question that Gerushin is different because you have a get. The answer is that the get does not make him a shliach. All the get does is it verifies that he was a shliach and we could accomplish that also for Kiddushin. Now, the Ravid would seem to hold, since he disagrees with the Rambam, that when it comes to making a shliach, you need edus l'kiyume. There needs to be edim there inherently in order to create the shliach. So Rab Chaim asks a question from the Gemara in Gittin, Daflam Gimel Amud Beis. Uh, the case over there is that a husband said to two people, give my wife a get. So there's Machlokas Rebbe and Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, whether he could nullify one of the messengers without the other one being present. So the Gemara asks, well, in a case of Kulchem, if a husband says to a bunch of people, all of you need to do it, so then generally we do allow him to nullify one even if it's not in the presence of the others. The Gemara answers, well, this is talking about Eide Holacha. In other words, these are not witnesses on the writing of it, but they're witnesses to go deliver the get. Meaning, they're a shliach laholacha. Now, the Gemara says that this makes sense because at the seifa of this b'risa, it says that, let's say he told this one separately and this one separately to do the shlichos, then he could nullify them without the other one being there. So the Gemara says, if we're talking about a shliach laholacha, he made a messenger to go deliver the get, and he made two people messengers separately, so then that would explain how he's able to do it separately. But if we're talking about the actual edim on the get, how is it possible that he made them Adim separately? The two Adim have to see it together in order to be one unit. So the Gemara answers, no, maybe it's like Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha. He has a, a position that when it comes to certain cases, and this would be one of them, witnesses can see it separately and that's okay. Says Rabbi Chaim, the upshot of this Gemara is that according to Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha, if a husband would say to two witnesses separately, you see the get, and do you see the get? That would be sufficient. And that we would not require them to be together to have one unit. But according to the Ravid's position that you need Adim on making someone a shliach when it comes to a shliach involved in Gerushin, so we still have a problem. Because if he says to each of them separately to be a witness on what's going to happen with the get, then they still don't have witnesses that they became shlichem. They don't have the two of them that became shlichem together. Each one is a witness that he himself became a shliach. The husband told him to go right and to give the get to his wife, but he doesn't have two edim that he was made a shliach. So that should still be problematic according to the Ravid's position that we require edus l'kiyume in creating a shliach involved in the gerushin. Here, if he does it separately, so then there are no edim on the very fact that they're shlichim. 
And this that the Gemara quotes Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha's position, that only works when we need edus levrure. We just need to verify so we could have two edim that saw it separately. But according to the Ravid, we essentially need edim here, edus lekiyume, to make the mashliach, and we don't have that. So there seems to be a problem from this Gemara in Gitin. So Rab Chaim says that according to the Ravid, there's a simple answer. And that is that this that the Ravid requires testimony on the making of a shliach is not some special halacha that the shliach, when it comes to get, is different than any other shliach, but it's rather a reflection of all the halachas of gerushin. When it comes to gerushin, so we require witnesses on everything that goes on. And as part of that general principle, says the Ravid, we also require witnesses that each person who is a shliach in any capacity with the gerushin was made a shliach. So it's not a special halacha that functions differently than gerushin, and it's unique to the shlichus aspect of it, but it's part and parcel of the overall gerushin process that everything needs to witnesses. If so, says Rab Chaim, in this case in the Gemara, where each of these witnesses is sufficient himself, once the Gemara says that they can be made witnesses independently, and they can go view and deliver the get independently, according to Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha, then that's going to also be sufficient for their shlichus. In other words, each one is a single witness, and uh, they testify that they saw the get, and the other one testifies that he saw the get, and together that creates a unified testimony, and that's sufficient in this case. So uh, if so, then it's certainly going to be sufficient also that they were made into messengers. So one of them testifies that he was a messenger, the other testifies that he too was a messenger, and together that's sufficient testimony that they were made into messengers to write and give this get. So this formulation now allows us to refine the Ravid's position, even though the Ravid holds that we need edus lekiyume in order to make a shliach for a gerushin, but that's not a standalone halacha that the shlichus requires edus lekiyume. But it's a reflection of it being part of the process of gerushin, and therefore it requires testimony. So anything which is going to be good enough to create the gerushin is also going to be good enough in order to create the shlichus. And this Gemara and Gitin is a good example. Let's say you have two, two witnesses independently being made on the gerushin, and it's going to work however uh, it gets around the issues of becoming a unified edus. So once that works, even though technically it's an edus livrure, it's just verifying, there were no two witnesses at any point, but once it works to create the gerushin, then it's going to automatically create also that they are full-fledged messengers in order to do their jobs. So this is a key point in the Ravid. Rabbi Chaim puts it very nicely that in Tihia Edus Hamoelas Begufa Gerushin Likiyume Milsa, let's say you would have testimony which is sufficient for the Gerushin, the actual divorce, Likiyume, so it's good enough in order to create that divorce. But when it comes to whether this person's a messenger, it's only Livrure. It just verifies, but it doesn't create. Still, that messenger is still going to be a good shliach because the shlichus ultimately follows the gerushin. If it's part of the process of the gerushin and it's sufficient to create the gerushin, then it brings along with it the shlichus and it creates a full-fledged shlichus. 
Now, says Rab Chaim, once we have this better formulation, better understanding of the Ravid's position, now we can understand his critique of the Rambam. The Ravid says that you cannot learn out from Gitin to Kiddushin that you don't need Adim on the Shliach Leholacha because when it comes to Gerushin, so there is a get there. There is this tangible evidence which is there. So Rab Chaim says we already explained that the Rambam holds that the fact that a get is sufficient proof for Gerushin, that this person was made a shliach leholacha, proves that you don't actually need edus lekiyume on the shliach leholacha for Gerushin. You don't need inherently Adin. You just need to verify it. The get is good enough for that. And therefore for Kiddushin, there's other ways to verify it without two witnesses. So now we can understand the depth of the Ravid's critique of the Rambam. What he means to say is that, yes, even though the Rambam's equation is correct and we do not have actual testimony with regard to this person being a shliach, but this get, when it comes to the woman's hand, is going to be sufficient proof that there was a gerushin. It's going to create a full gerushin because now she's holding it and the get testifies that it was given to her. So since the only reason why we need Adim, that this person is a shliach, is in order to testify that the gerushin was done properly, and by her holding the get, this gerushin is going to be done properly, so that pulls along with it also the fact that he's a shliach, and this situation is able to testify, it's as if there's testimony that he is a shliach. Meaning the Ravid doesn't hold that you always need edus lekiyume, that this person was made a shliach no matter what, but he holds that it follows the gerushin, and in this case, the get is going to create the gerushin, and so it's also able to create this person as the shliach. And even more, Reb Chaim says that you could add, once the get comes to her hand, it's going to be as if the husband himself gave it to her. And the principle is kamoso, that a person's messenger is like himself. So this is now going to be positive proof that the husband gave it to her properly. And that proof is going to pull along the shliach also and make him a full-fledged shliach. Once the gerushin is done properly and the woman is now holding a get, which midoraisa is full proof that there was a divorce which happened over here. So then we no longer need to evaluate whether or not there were actually two witnesses who saw the shliach, but the Ravid says that the shlichus gets created through that process of gerushin. And now Rab Chaim even refines what role the get plays according to the Ravid. And he says that if it's missing a get, it's not just that we don't have proof that the person was made a shliach, but there's missing proof in the gerushin itself. And once we're missing proof on the gerushin, then this person no longer becomes a shliach, and so the whole gerushin falls apart. It's impossible to use this process for a valid gerushin. So that's ultimately how Rab Chaim understands the Ravid's critique of the Rambam. It's all based on this explanation of the Ravid, that the reason why a shliach needs Adim is because it's part of a Gerushin and all Gerushin needs Adim. Which follows from that that not every Shliach needs the full-fledged Adim of Edus Lekiyume, but it depends on the Gerushin. If we can create the Gerushin here, however that is, then that will pull along the Shliach and we now can create his Shlichus through that. But once it begins to fall apart, 
then uh, the whole shlichus is going to fall apart. So in this example where he's able to give her a get, once she's holding that get, that is able, minat Torah, to create the gerushin. And once the gerushin is created, then he now becomes a shliach, even if there were no witnesses on that part. But once the get is missing, so then there isn't this full proof and this object which creates the gerushin, so then at that point we can't say that he's a shliach and then the whole gerushin is thrown off. So the Ravid says that would be the equivalent of the case in Kiddushin where there is no get, so we can't automatically have a Kiddushin and therefore we can't automatically have a shliach leholacha without Adim. So that's the machlokas, the Rambam and the Ravid. Now, Reb Chaim adds in in the brackets at the end of the fourth paragraph that there's still a lingering question on his approach, uh, how the Ravid reads this Gemara. And that is one of the cases in the Gemara was where he makes two independent messengers to deliver the get. He gives each of them their job separately. So in that case, we still don't have two witnesses on either of the messengers. Even though we could say the Reb Chaim's whole approach when it comes to the witnesses on the actual get, that since they're going to be combined into a unit of witnesses through the act of the Gerushin, therefore we view it as if it's a unified testimony. But when it comes to the messenger delivering the get, if each one was made independently, there's nothing to combine them. There's nothing unifying them. You don't need two messengers. You only need one. So ultimately, each one stands alone as his own messenger, and there was only himself one witness on each of their becoming a messenger. So there are no two witnesses. So this is still going to be a problem with the Ravid, that the, there is no way to combine each individual messenger to deliver the get into any unified unit, because uh, the, the process of Gerushin is not going to do that for them. So Rab Chaim says you must say that for the Ravid, the case in the Gemara, even though it doesn't mention it, is talking about where there happened to be two witnesses in addition to each of the messengers. Uh, there was someone else at least standing there watching him make them a messenger. So that's how the Ravid's going to have to make sense of that case where he made independent messengers that there was a valid testimony. Says Rab Chaim, once you say that, then his whole approach falls apart because you could easily say that maybe the other case where he made a witness on the writing of the get also happens to be talking about where there was valid testimony. There was someone else there at that moment. So we don't need to say any of this that the process of the Gerushin and the fact that the Gerushin takes effect is what unifies them. We could just say that it happens to be in that Gemara that there are witnesses over there. So that's a technical answer which would remove the need for Rab Chaim's Svara. But Rab Chaim says that he still thinks that the Svara is correct. And the second Rab Chaim suggests that uh, maybe we could actually even answer the question on the shluchim, on the shliach lehulacha, also with the same approach that he used before, unlike his question in this bracket. And that is that since he made each of these shluchim, even though they're independent and they don't have testimony, there are no witnesses standing there, and each of them just had himself as a witness that he was a shliach, but ultimately they're giving a get, which is a kosher get. It's going to be valid. It's going to create a gerushin. And so that too might be enough to pull along their shluchim and to make them shluchim. So uh, in the second approach, Rab Chaim says that the Ravid could stick with the approach he's been developing throughout, that if the Gerushin takes effect, then it pulls along this shlichus and it creates the shlichus. And we could even apply that to these independent shluchim who did not have valid testimony. That would still be sufficient. But uh, he ends off that that it's unclear on this point.
Now, all of this is very fascinating, this machlokas between the Rambam and the Raivid, whether or not the Adim for a shliach leholacha of a get are lekiyume or livrure, and this whole reading of the Raivid, that it's lekiyume, but only if it's not being pulled along with the get. It's uh, ultimately a part of the larger process of the Gerushin. But uh, coming back to what we originally began with, and that is the Shliach Kabbalah in order to accept the get for a child. So Reb Chaim applies the categories that he's been developing back into this case of the Shliach Kabbalah, And he says that the Edim who are needed to testify about the Shliach Kabbalah are certainly Lekiyume. They're certainly inherent to becoming a Shliach Kabbalah. Otherwise, this person's not a shliach at all. And he says that's clear in the Rambam that we began with, that the Ktana cannot have a shliach Kabbalah because she cannot have Adim on something she does. So it's clear that the Adim are intrinsic to becoming a shliach Kabbalah. And Rab Chaim says that this fact also emerges from the Mishnah in Gitin and Daf Samech Gimel, which discusses that how a woman makes a shliach Kabbalah, and it says that she needs a, a set of Adim to hear her make him a shliach Kabbalah. So you see that the Adim in that case are Lekiyume. But says Rab Chaim that we could still use the explanation of the machlokas of the, between the Rambam and the Raivid that he developed throughout this piece in order to explain what they're arguing about over here. And that would be as follows, that the Raivid who holds that the reason you need Edim on the Shlichus is because otherwise there's something lacking in the overall Gerushin. We can't prove the full Gerushin properly. And therefore, by extension, if we're able to fully prove the Gerushin, then that will also pull along the Shliach. The Shliach is intrinsic to the whole Gerushin, and therefore if the Gerushin took effect, then this person must be a Shliach. So applying the Raivid Shita back to Shliach Kabbalah, so it would be the same thing. In general, if the Shliach Kabbalah doesn't have Aden, there's something lacking, we can't prove the Gerushin fully, and that's the issue. But if the Gerushin takes effect and it goes through, then even if the Shliach Kabbalah does not have Aden, it's still going to be sufficient, and this person can become a Shliach Kabbalah without Aden. Same way as the Shliach Leholacha is a part of the Gerushin, the Shliach Kabbalah is also a part of the Gerushin, and if the Gerushin is good, then this person is also a Shliach Kabbalah. But on the other hand, the Rambam, as we know, disagrees with this equation of the Raivid, and he believes that if we actually need Edus Lekiyume that are intrinsic to the appointment of the Shliach Leholacha, then the get alone is not sufficient proof because it doesn't prove that. It doesn't show that this person was made a Shliach. So therefore it would not be good enough and we would need an actual two witnesses to have seen him become a Shliach Leholacha. And according to the Rambam, the fact that the Gerushin went through is also not going to be enough to create this Shlichus. So there would be no way if it was Edus Lekiyume around the fact that we need Edim. So applying this back to Shliach Kabbalah, which as we know is Edus Lekiyume, it's different than Shliach Leholacha, which according to the Rambam is ultimately only Edus Levrure, and that's why the Get is good enough. But a Shliach Kabbalah is fundamentally different. It is Edus Lekiyume. You require Edim intrinsically, and therefore according to the Rambam, there's going to be no substitute for Edim. It doesn't matter if there's some object, and it doesn't matter if the Gerushin goes through, 
Even so, that's not going to affect the fact that this Shliach Kabbalah has no witnesses on them and that the Ramam does not believe in the Ravid's idea that the fact that the Gerushin happened pulls this Shlichos through and creates the Shlichos. According to the Rambam, if there were no two witnesses on the Shliach Kabbalah, even if the Gerushin was done properly, there's no Shliach Kabbalah, and that will invalidate ultimately the Gerushin. And now, very, very brilliantly, Rab Chaim brings all of this back home to explain the Machlokas, the Rambam, and the Raivid when it comes to Ektana making a Shliach Kabbalah. And to explain this, he adds one last piece. And that is that he, Rab Chaim says, what does this mean that the Rambam says that you can't testify about a child? All over the place in Halacha, there's testifying about children. So what is the Rambam talking about? And Rab Chaim quotes the most obvious one in Sanhedrin and Dafsamaches with regard to the Ben Sorer Umora, the rebellious child who's younger than 13. He's not an adult. So he gets killed when he's a child. So how are they testifying about a child? It's very clear that they are giving capital testimony about this child. Now, very fascinatingly, Rab Chaim goes on a little digression about Ben Sorer Umora. And he says that in truth, there's actually an even bigger problem when it comes to Bensoru Mora. And that is that the Gemara in Baba Kama, Daf Kufyud Beis, says that you cannot testify unless the person who's going to be affected, the Baldin, is in front of you. You can't give testimony about someone in their absence. We learned that out from the Pasuk of the Huad Bibba'alav, that when it comes to an animal, the owner has to be there. And also, furthermore, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin on Daf Ein Tess, which says that if you cannot give the testimony in front of the Baldin, in front of the person who it's going to affect, so then that person becomes Pater. So if so, how could you testify about this Bensoromora, this child, when a child is not, never considered to have das, to have the maturity to be present. So uh, testifying about a child is always as if they're not present. So how could you convict them uh, when they're not present for the testimony? So Rab Chaim says a massive chiddush, not the way we generally understand Ben Mora, but he points out that the Gemara Sanhedrin explains the reason why this Ben Mora gets killed, even though he didn't do anything deserving of the death penalty. He stole some things, he ate, he, he acted badly, but he doesn't deserve the death penalty. So the Gemara explains Alshim Sofahu Neherag, that he gets killed because of what's going to be in the future, meaning we foresee that things are going to get even worse, so based on that, we can kill him. So Rab Chaim says, a very fascinating reading of this, that it's not that he's actually Chayiv Misa. Meaning he says, Ratzalomer, the meaning of this is, There's a separate din that he has to be killed. He's not actually Chayiv Misa. It's not like a regular case where someone gets killed where they're high of Misa and they get that punishment. In this case, he doesn't deserve the death penalty. It's just a separate halacha that he gets killed in this case because of the situation. So Reb Chaim has a big chiddush over here, which is that there's such a thing as getting the death penalty, even though it's not an actual case of the death penalty. And that's how he understands Mansoru Mora, that it's not really a death penalty case, but rather he gets killed in this situation. Uh, Rav Shach in Navi Ezri and Hilchos Mamrim, so he uh, is not sure what this means. He questions this a lot. He says that, wh- what does that mean? Once the kid deserves the death penalty for this punishment, so then it's a regular death penalty case. The Gemara is just saying that the reason he gets it, the Torah gave the death penalty, is because of the future. But it's not saying that halachically this is a different 
form of the death penalty. But the, either way, that is what Rab Chaim understands, that Ben Soromora is a different type of being killed. It's not actually a death penalty, but it's just a din ba'alma. It's a halacha that in this case he gets killed. Says Rab Chaim, once that's the case, so they're not testifying against this katan to be killed. It's not a problem that he's a katan and he's not a baldin and you can't do it in front of him because they're not saying that he has to be killed. They're just testifying regarding the situation. Once it turns out that he's a Ben Sororomora, so then yes, he is going to get killed, but it's indirect in a certain way. They're not saying he gets the death penalty, they're just saying this is what happened, and therefore it's not a problem that this kid doesn't have the presence to be considered in front of him, and it's also not a problem that he's a child. So by this logic, says Rab Chaim, in the same way, let's say two people come and testify that a girl is an Aishas Ish, she's a Ktana, but she's married, so so that would still be sufficient testimony because they're not testifying about what should happen to her. They're just testifying that she is married in the same way that two people testify that he is a Ben Sora Umora. So if it's not directly testifying about some sort of punishment or consequence that's going to befall this child, so then according to Rab Chaim, that would certainly be acceptable testimony even if it's about a child. So now this digression explains what the Rambam meant when he said that there cannot be Edim that Ektana made a shliach Kabbalah. Because Edim with regard to a child can only testify about the reality, about the situation. But they cannot testify in a way which is going to affect the child. And since a shliach l'kabola requires edus l'kiyume, the edim are going to create this shliach l'kabola through their testimony. And that they cannot do when we're talking about ektana. Because since their testimony is going to change it, she's now going to have a shliach l'kabola. That's something which cannot be done with regards to ektana. So that is why the Rambam says that it's impossible to be Made on Ektana, he doesn't mean that you can never testify about anything regarding a child. We have explicit cases where that would be okay, but he means that it has to be Edus which won't affect the child. So Ben Sorumora saying that she's married, all of those are just stating the facts. But the Edus Lekiyume to create a Shliach Lekabola is going to affect this child and therefore it's an invalid form of sh- testimony. And once the testimony falls apart, then there are no Edus Lekiyume and therefore there's no Shliach Lekabola. That's why, says the Rambam, it's impossible to have a Shliach Lekabola for a Ketana. Now, Reb Chaim does add in that uh, this thesis has a problem, which is when a man divorces his wife, who's a ktana, that works, and there it's edus l'kiyume. You need edim on the gerushin, and those edim are affecting the child, the ktana. So Rabbi Chaim says that that would be different because he can force her. It can be against her will, so it's not really like it's her actions. Yes, it's affecting her, it's changing her status, but we can't really call it her action that the witnesses are affecting. As opposed to when and she creates a shliach Kabbalah, so that is something that she is doing, it's her action, and that's why the Edim can't create that type of situation. So that explains the difference between her making a shliach Kabbalah versus the husband divorcing his wife, who's a even though in both cases it's Edus Lekiyume. Now, the Ravid's position is also consistent with his overall approach, which is that the reason you need Edim, you need witnesses, that this person's a shliach is because otherwise there's an issue with the overall gerushin. The gerushin all needs 
witnesses. It needs testimony. But if you're able to accomplish the Gerushin, so then the fact that this person's a Shliach is able to go along with that, and you actually only need Edus Livrure, you just need to be able to verify that this person is a Shliach, like every other Shliach. So once the Gerushin takes effect, the fact that this person is a Shliach, the proof that's needed is similar to all other messengers, and we just need proof Livrure, but it doesn't need to be Lekiyume. So according to that, the Edim here who create this Gerushin are Edim Lekiyume on the Gerushin, but once we have the Gerushin, then they're only Edus Livrure on the fact that this person's a Shliach Likabalah. And that's why the Ravid says that it's okay even when she's a Ketana, because as Rab Chaim just explained, you could have Edus Lekiyume on the Gerushin, because that's against her will. So therefore, once the Gerushin here takes effect, then the Edim are Edus Lekiyume on the Gerushin, which is fine, that's against her will. And then after that, in regards to her making a shliach le Kabbalah, the final aspect which carries forth the Gerushin, so that you only need Edus Livrure, and that could be with regards to Ketana, because they're not changing her status at all. They're not creating a shliach le Kabbalah. They're just testifying about the fact that this person was made a shliach le Kabbalah. So that would work when it comes to Ketana. So very brilliantly, Rab Chaim explains how the Ravid holds that a Ketana could have Edim that she made a shliach le Kabbalah. With regard to the actual Gerushin, it's against her will, and they could be Edus Lekiyu, even though she's a Ketana. And once there's the Gerushin, then you only need Edus Livrure, that this person's a Shliach Kabbalah, and that also is, is able to be done with regards to Ketana. The only thing that can't be done is something which is her own action, her own free will choice, like making a Shliach Kabbalah, and is also going to change her status. It's going to directly affect her. And that, according to the Rambam, is exactly what happens when they testify that this is a Shliach Kabbalah. Because since you need Edus Lekiyume, so they are actually creating the Shliach Kabbalah in this case, and since she's choosing to do it, so then they are not able to do that when with regard to Ektana. And according to the Rambam, the fact that the Gerushin takes effect is not going to sweep along with it the shlichos, like the Ravid said, because uh, that's been the whole approach throughout, that the Rambam rejects the whole notion that once the Gerushin takes effect, it sweeps along with it the shliach, and now you only need edus levrure on the shlichos. So this explains the psak of the Rambam, that ektana cannot create a shliach lekabbalah. And Rab Chaim concludes by saying that according to this reading, we don't need to say that the Ravid is disagreeing with the whole concept of the Rambam, that you cannot have witnesses testify about a child, the Ravid might fundamentally agree in many cases with that, but here he holds that it's different because the witnesses here are only testifying that the Gerushin took effect, and that's against the will of the Ketana, so that they're able to do, and uh, when it comes to the Shliach, so that gets drawn along with the Gerushin. So that's the Ravid has a more limited disagreement with the Rambam, not more broad, that he's re- rejecting the whole notion that witnesses can't testify about a child. So that's Rab Chaim's piece, very brilliant, a bit complicated, there's a lot of ideas in there, but it's a very brilliant reading of the Rambam and the Ravid, an explanation of their shittas, and showing how they're consistent between Hilchus Gerushin and Hilchus Ishus. The key point 
are this machlokas between the Rambam and the Raivet as to what form of edus do you need when it comes to creating a shliach for Gerushin and Kiddushin. And Rab Chaim develops the idea that according to the Raivet, the testimony on becoming a shliach is subsumed. It's part of the whole Gerushin testimony. Everything in Gerushin needs witnesses. So too does the creation of a shliach. And the Rambam views these as two separate issues. On the one hand, there's the Gerushin and the Kiddushin, and then it's a separate thing, how to create a shliach. And this affects a number of cases, whether or not there's a get involved that's being used as proof, whether it's a shliach leholacha, a shliach lekabbalah, whether it's a shliach for gi'in or for kiddushin, whether it's a child, whether it's an adult. So there's a lot of factors. There's two Rambams which Rab Chaim is analyzing, and in both places the Ravid disagrees. One is about a child making a shliach lekabbalah, and the other one is with regard to making a shliach leholacha for kiddushin without aid. So in both of those places, Rab Chaim points out how his essential understanding of the Machlokas, the Rambam and the Ravid, plays out and how that explains their Piske Halacha in all those situations. So it's a very brilliant piece. And finally, Rab Chaim has a small discussion about what it means to testify when it relates to a child and how we're able to do that. And he distinguishes between whether it's going to affect them or whether you're just testifying about a situation. And uh, very intriguingly, he says that a Ben Sora Umora is not actually a death penalty case. You're just testifying about what happened, and the halacha in that case happens to involve the death penalty. So it's an unusual reading of Ben Umora, and as we noted, Rav Shach questions this, uh, can we make such a distinction? Once someone's getting put to death, that seems to be a classical death penalty, and the witnesses who testify seem to be creating it.